0: Good afternoon. You're listening to the SF1 radio broadcast. I'm Claudinistra Hippocrata. I'll be your host in today's podcast show. Today is April 5th, 2012. We have a lot of information to give out. First, I'd like to thank you for joining the show. Um, I hope you find it entertaining. This is our first show that we've done in almost a year. We did a couple of sort of trials run through August of last year. Um, Pretty good. Um, We had a pretty good audience as far as our fleet. Pretty good turnout. So, hopefully on a more consistent basis, i like to hopefully put these out on a weekly basis. And the idea is that hopefully they'll um, correlate correlate with different information that comes out for Star Trek Online and also things that are happening within our fleet as far as um, different shows, foundry stories, and events that are going on. So sit back and enjoy the show, and thank you for tuning in. Alright, Star Trek Airline put out a developer log today, titled Season 5 Developer Blog Number 37. It goes, Alpha. Kupla, Warriors. Great news from the House of Cryptic has arrived today. Starting this Thursday, April 5th, Klingon Warriors will have access to a new episode titled Alpha. This KDF-only mission has been designed for level 34 captains. and takes place in Romulan space in the Oret system. Located in the Murelin... Perallon Sector of the Pasi Valorum Sector Block. The Orith System is dominated by Orith Prime, a large hydrogen-helium gas giant with significant amounts of chlorine and sulfur in its atmosphere. In close orbit with Orith Prime is Orith Two, a small M-class planet covered in jungles and thick vegetation. Empire scientists say that the atmosphere on Orth 2 is not hazardous, although they speculate that the influence of the gas giant has led to unusual aberrations in the planet's ecosystem. Intelligence reports indicate that Northkin pirates have taken up residence in clusters of asteroids drawn into orbit by Orth Prime's massive gravity well. Captains in the region are advised to use caution when exploring the region. Alpha contains brand-new environments where adventure, encounters, and challenges will be found around every corner. There are hidden areas to discover on the map, so take your time to explore thoroughly while on OrF 2's surface. This new episode also features voiceovers and new rewards. Players who complete Alpha will be able to choose one of the following rewards. 1. The Origin Tetrion Blast Rifle? It says, it's a ground weapon with a fairly fast and strong bolt for its primary fire, but its secondary power is a small radius explosion. That sounds cool. And two, Klingon Intelligent Stealth Utility Armor. It's a set of Physical Enhancement Utility Armor that provides a bonus to all stealth and perception powers. Equip it to enhance your personal cloak or shroud, or to increase your ability to see enemies using stealth technology says also alpha features variations on how the story unfolds but there is no right or wrong answer the choices you make during the episode will allow you to play your kdf character as a ruthless pragmatic, pragmatic or an honorable warrior today is a good day to die warriors glory to the empire <laughs> we'll see you in game this thursday for the release of alpha that sounds really cool okay also they released today, uh, developer blog number 38, titled, um, First Contact Day Celebration. It reads, live long and prosper, quote, Solkar, quote, thanks, end quote, Zephyrin Cochran. April 5th sees the celebration of First Contact Day, a day so important to the formation of the identity of the Federation that it has its own movie. Zephyrin Cochrane's legendary warp flight opened the door to communication between humans and Vulcans, and that uneasy alliance eventually created the diplomatic ties that brought Andorians and Tellarites to the table as well, not long after the United Federation of Planets was born, and in the succeeding centuries, hundreds of other space-faring species joined the idealism of that organization. Of course, in the original series, Ephraim Cochran was from Alpha Centauri and was not from Earth. (laughs) Okay, Star Trek Online celebrates first contact day with a special event running from April 5th, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to April 9th, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Keep in mind, we are currently on Pacific um, Daylight Saving Time. During this event, you'll be able to visit one of the Advanced Starship Design Bureau research facilities at Utopia Planitia in orbit over Mars. While there, have a chat with some of the bridge officers of the Enterprise F, which is home for a bit of testing and system recalibration. After you meet the crew, pick up your own replica of the Phoenix, humanity's first warp-capable ship, as a deployable non-combat spacecraft. Once the event ends, the Enterprise will be warping off to new missions. So make sure you visit before she leaves. The new Utopia Planitia Research Facility is also joining our list of Foundry Maps. Cool. So you'll be able to include it in your user-created mission. First Contact Day takes place in the Vulcan sector of the Sirius Sector Block at the Sol System. Hail Commander Winters to accept the First Contact Day mission. That will reward you with your Phoenix non-combat pet. First contact day is for Federation characters only. The KDF characters will be busy with their own new mission titled Alpha. And that's cool. Okay, so hopefully, um... Hopefully that opens the door to the Mars, um, area. They've been talking about opening up Sol. <laughs> hopefully this is the first step in that. In making that region, uh, uh um... A playable region. Looks like it on-the-map here. Right? There's a picture here, um, so that looks good. And that's it for Star Trek Online Developer Blog News. Next up is Foundry News. We've been working really hard lately on, um, getting some Foundry stories out ever since the last, um, feature series ended. ...which was the 2800 feature series, if you hadn't had a chance to play that... um, ...you need to go to uh, DS9 and talk to the mission giver there... ...to do those missions. Um, We've released a couple different series of Foundry missions... um, ...a few short, what we call short story formats... ...and a few long story formats. Uh, Mainly the short story or Klingon or KDF missions which are released in sets of threes, and are designed to be short and playable within a five to ten minute span of time, and you should be able to get all three done in about thirty minutes, maybe forty minutes, to really stop to read and discuss, or maybe the first time you do it will be the slowest, but after you've played it a couple times, it'll go really fast. <laughs> And, um, the idea with those is designed to allow a player to get their daily three in, <laughs> and, and their 1440, uh, dilithium requirement in the duty, duty officer thing, and also to get their, um, bonus uh, item for that event. Um, on the Federation side of the game, we've been working really hard on, um, a prequel to Terra in the Patch, and it's titled, um, Call of Chalutu. Um, I've built mainly the main stage of the show, which takes place in, uh, Talani's house. Um, I've had to build three stages for that. Because, um, as I got to work through the dinner scene more, I started to realize that maybe it was best to break that up, so it wasn't one long, continuous scene. So, like, if someone's playing that scene out they don't have to really try to do it all in one hit maybe someone has a short amount of time to play and because it is a considered a novel story you want to provide enough breaking points so like when a player switches a map and comes back the next day they can start right up on the newer map and, or rather than having to start all the way back at the very beginning because that dinner scene is quite long and it, but a necessary scene in that it explains a lot of the underlying issues that are going to go forth between this story and the next one, which is Terror and Patch. So I actually divided that into three different maps and three different scenes, which leads to the later on scene and probably even the second act, which is when the team travels from the city there at, uh, Tupal University Town. Caliana, Tupal University Town. And then travels to the Ancient Ruins. I kind of want to make the Ancient Ruins a uh, two-map. It's kind of the idea where you would... Team would venture to sort of a halfway point. Sort of like they did in the actual story. And then from the halfway point, I want them to, uh, encounter an event which switches them to a newer map. That way it's done on two maps and then that moves them to the final stage of the event. And so since the main town uses one map, three maps for the interior of the house, two maps for that, that's uh, six maps. That leaves you four maps to do the final scene, final act of that story, which is the um, there's a lot of fighting. (laughs) It's It's an interior map where the team gets trapped in the ruin, and they sort of have to fight their way through a horde of cultists, and they discover the um, discover the the gateway to Andoria, which it is. In the story that we're writing, prior to their ability to do star travel through ships at warp speed, these cultures built um, transport gates, sort of, and they. These older aliens, or older civilizations, instead of building ships, they just walked through a gate and they ended up on another planet at relatively short distances. And, uh, compared to warp speed. (laughs) And then, um, that technology has been lost. But they figure out how to make that work, and that's what gets them to Andoria. And that's where the story pretty much ends. And at least the third... Act will end. And then Act 4 picks up on the other side of the gate where they're on Andoria, which is the very beginning of the next story, and goes to the middle section of the story where uh, Kaliana gets sent to the um, uh, alternate universe or mirror universe. And then that leads to the final scene where they're back on Vulcan and the father dies. In that, that's where I'm kind of planning on him dying. I haven't really determined if I'm going to kill him off or not, because I kind of would like to use him in a future series, but I think it's important for Kaliana's character that she experienced some tragedy. Because the underlying moral of the story is is the character of Kaliana has been making decisions, and now those consequences of those decision, decisions <laughs> going to come to bear and she's going to fear either some of them are going to be favorable outcomes some of them are going to be middle of the road outcomes and some of them are going to be very tragic outcomes and it's quite important in the story to see how the character the heroine overcomes that and then um and at the same time she's pregnant <laughs> so this puts a further strain on their relation between uh kaliana and uh Uda dyrus and And then that later goes into how we get into Terra and the Patch. Where that story will end. Which is, uh... Act Act 6 should end just as the group goes off to explore the uh, Briar Patch. And then it picks up in Chapter 1 where they're lost. (laughs) And then another group is sent to go find them. And then, uh... So, that's pretty much the foundry. You um, should check that out if you haven't had a chance. Um, we've been trying to get in the habit of, as the sets and stuff are built, and while it's still in production, we kind of like our own people to go through and walk through, give their opinions on what they think and how they like. So, like, there's a more of a collaborative creation process with our roleplay fleet. And then... So hopefully the wider game, as they discover these stories, once they're completed, they'll enjoy them too, and that way, um, I think everybody will enjoy them. And that's it for that topic. Up next... Up next, we have uh, videos and podcast shows. If you haven't noticed, we've been working diligently to um, produce um, our videos. We started the idea last summer or so. Um, I introduced the idea when we started doing sort of the experiments of our podcast shows. The genesis of the idea was with the role-playing shows that we're creating, I thought it would be interesting if we could take a lot of the stories that our members are generating on our websites, website, at least, and, uh, turn those into actual movies, and, um, I've been studying, sort of, offhand, how to make that production work, in both, um, less time-consuming production versus more time-consuming production, and I wanted to experiment around with using a lot of the game assets, because the game actually provides a nice, rich, sense or rich stages of animation and sets and sound effects which I think for the most part we can use and then for specific things that we need for like love scenes, uh, very personal fights and stages, then we can use the 3D editor bench of iClone 4 for that type of stuff which the game can't really do and so... What I've done so far, with at least this week coming up, is um, I went ahead in our role-playing forum and I've updated the podcast show player and the uh, what was the fleet logbook, which is pretty much where people store their um, stories at. And um, I added the audio portion to that, so if you go to the podcast show, there's a, you click onto the tab, there's a player there, it's a Flash-based player. So, um, it, it has a scroll ability so you can see all the current podcast shows that have been done. I loaded it up with all the last shows that we did last year, which was from the 3rd of June to about the 21st of June, 2011. Because they had a lot of really good information. And then while I was generating the newer show, which is this one that we're doing, uh, I'll slowly cycle those off. I'm not sure how I'm going to store... Because I would like the files to be available long-term, but, um... I kind of am playing around with the idea. Because uh, with the podcast show, because it's a free site, (laughs) they don't have an unlimited amount of memory. So, um... But in our forum site, we do have an unlimited amount of memory. So, I think from an archive perspective, after so many, um... ...weeks, I can take those files and just load them up to our files section. So if people want to go back and listen to an older show, they'll be available there. And then for all the newer shows, um, the tool features a download feature... ...so you can download it to iTunes or whatever other way you collect podcast show files... ...and you can add a subscription, so it'll send you an RSS message... ...so when new shows come out... ...and when I update new shows on the editor... It adds it to the scroll tool there. And the same thing with the Fleet Logbook. I put the audio player above where the textual stories are. So the player will always be on top. And since that little scroll feature will allow you to go through and scroll through all of the same stories that are available in text, there will be an audio version of that story. And, And... and it'll be a slower process because someone has to actually read it, <laughs> which takes time to get the um, productions up, but I think it'll be entertaining for people that want to listen to it rather than have time to read it, because, uh, you know, a lot of these things might be someone you just turn the player on, listen to in the background, and go off and play the game. <laughs> That's really the idea of it. And then I updated a tab for the fake broadcast, which is the radio player, which, or, which, we've been getting really good reviews. I'm still trying to standardize the fleet broadcast. i pretty much standardize it between music and showing movies. And TV shows. But, um... I think, prior to summer, it'll still be somewhat erratic, and then in the summer, once after I graduate from college and then get back into the workforce, um, it'll stabilize a little bit better and then have a more consistent programming. But I've been working on getting our licenses for broadcasting so like we can do the copyright issues with both movies and music we won't have any problem with that so as we port stuff to YouTube we can reach a wider audience and maybe um, pick up some advertisement. and if we pick up more members going forward um, the advertisement that we can draw can help um, generate revenue for a lot of these different sites. The role-playing forum, the radio site, and the podcast show can all generate a a nice synergy of uh, revenue in a very inexpensive way, hopefully. And then, of course, the podcast show, I still want to keep it light. I don't want to keep it loaded down. I'm trying to keep these shows within uh, the 15-minute mark. This show will probably be a little bit longer, because <laughs> we haven't had one in a while, but um, I plan to release these going forward at least once a week, so like there's not too much information, and I'm not having to always play catch-up, but I think once a week works out fine, so someone, could, so pretty much people can either listen to it on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday and catch up with it see what's going on with the fleet, and it gives our members time that if they have something important to get out, they can get the information to me, and I can post it on the uh, podcast show so that other people in the fleet can, um, hopefully, uh, benefit from that. Uh, if you got, if you have information that you want to put out, we want to try to get that out a week ahead of time so I can make the Bio and post it <laughs> so, like, when people hear it that weekend, it's hopefully referencing to the week out of time, and then that way the service serves its primary function, which is to provide information. And I think with the podcast show player and the audio player on our forum site, it's less that the, um, the fleet broadcast tool has to do that way with the fleet broadcast tool all we really have to do is, um, load up, um, music and movies and and slideshows and stuff, and I think that would be more entertaining, because I think most people, like, Joanna watches the player at work, so she benefits it from that, but I think for most people when they're in a game, it's just pretty much music, which they probably put in the background while they're playing a game. And like me, I have multiple monitors or displays so like I can see a bunch of... I can actually play a game and watch movies at the same time. And for me, it's more of an entertainment value in that sense. Okay, I think that's it for the information. current information for podcast shows and videos. If you have any questions or need answers, please forward those questions to our role-playing forum. Or email me in game and i'll try to answer them as quickly as i can and um or search for the information if it's a real complicated problem and i'll try to get back to you on that so um thank you for tuning into this week's podcast show um we'll be back next week enjoy your week have fun bye bye
1: It's fighting up this harbor town By hook or crook our new design We're streaking for that finish line We ain't stealing, we're just taking back Very simple plan of attack It's our job and labor of love Taking home to the upper pub We ain't stealing, we're just taking back Very simple statement of fact ourselves when we get in a fix, what would Popeye do in a tight spot like this? He'd race for his true love and easily win it in an all-spinach can with a mask stuck in it. we